Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you. And God bless you. hunting for a deer. It was going to be his first deer ever. I don't know. Is that true? You said, yeah, it was going to be your first deer ever. (laughs) And you chose to be with the people of God. That shows that he loves us more than anything in the world. I'm so thankful for that. My bed was also called. Also, his bed was also called. (laughs) Poor guy. He said, I bought a sleeping bag that should cover me and keep me warm. It's for under, what, 45 degrees or something like that? But my cough was too short. Oh, poor pastor, anyway. I'm excited to bring the word of the Lord to us today. And uh, we're entering a new season, a new new, uh, new time for, we just got done with Thanksgiving. And and anybody have a good Thanksgiving? I did. Stuffed myself a little too much, and then Brother Nate over here starts teaching about gluttony and how it's a sin. And I had to excuse myself to the back because I felt bad. <laughs> but man, everything was good, but I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord. Matthew chapter 2, we're going to read verse 1 through 3. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. We're going to skip down to verse 7. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go. And search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they heard, when they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. If you would, for the next few moments, I'm going to go ahead and preach this title. It's not about how you come, but it's about how you leave. It's not about how you come, but how you leave. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's get our hands in the air. And let's just begin to pray to God. Jesus, we love you. We praise you, God. And we're thankful for this new season, Lord. We're thankful, God, for your mercy and your grace. And we're thankful that 
that you have decided, Lord, to join us in this place, that we may give you honor and glory and praise, and that bonds and chains and and sicknesses will be broken and released in Jesus' name here today. We believe that, God, as we stand here, witnesses of the power of your name, that you truly can do anything and that you are willing to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think. Lord, I pray that you anoint me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet to present your word. And God, I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in this house. If we could clap our hands and love him for a few moments. Amen. And shout in Jesus' name. Amen. I see somebody got me another water bottle. I have my eyes closed. Maybe seated. Amen. Amen. I'm so thankful. I'm, I'm honored. I give honor where honor is due. I give honor to Pastor for allowing us to preach. Uh, young men all the time. Young ministers. We're still learning, but we're excited to see what God does in this house. To be honest with you, I'm excited for Christmas. Uh, but if my wife was in here, she could tell you that I'm not uh, the one. I, I will not, I cannot, and I won't listen to Christmas music put up lights or anything that resembles Christmas until after Thanksgiving. Uh, my wife every year will somehow try to convince me that December is too short to only listen to Christmas music for that long or to have the lights up or to decorate the house. And you can say what you want, but I just believe in celebrating one holiday than the next. And poor little Thanksgiving is left out in the mix only to celebrate in the midst of Christmas. Now, I know and I understand that there are many of you who would disagree. And you can listen to Christmas music all the time. And you can decorate your house for Christmas. And all year you can listen to that jingles. But I'm here to tell you that you need the Holy Ghost. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> But now that Thanksgiving is over, I am really excited about Christmas and all the things that come with it. This is an exciting time of the year in which we celebrate and remember the birth of our Lord and Savior. We don't know really if his birthday was necessarily on December 25th, but we do know this. We know that he was born. And so we take time to celebrate and to thank God for his birth. And you can go just about anywhere this time of year and all around you will find things that will remind you of this story that we read uh, 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 in the word of the Lord. You can go to Walmart, Main Street, really anywhere in this town and you will see either on a shelf or in someone's front yard a picture of little figurines of a familiar scene. In which Mary and Joseph are around a little manger with baby Jesus there lying and wise men surrounding them. Did you know that we live in a society today that more than 50% of children don't even know the story about Jesus? And the story about Jesus in our society is often forgotten about in the midst of decorations and in the songs and the lights that go up and the presents that are under the tree. But what's interesting is in almost every store, everywhere you go, they play songs about how the wise men came following the star and bringing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And you will hear songs of like, we three kings. 
and silent night. It came upon a midnight clear. Songs like Away in a Manger, all trying to speak about the specialness of this story. And is it's nativity stories that we see everywhere. When we have all the pieces to the scene, we have angels and we have the sheep and, the, and all the animals. We have the shepherds that have come. And all these things try to capture this wonderful moment of discovery. Trying to capture that story of them being led by a star and coming to the moment and place where they discover a little baby. And when you see the figurines and you hear the music, it all looks and sounds so amazing and wonderful and peaceful and everything looks so perfect and Mary has gone just gone through birth and she looks amazing she looks wonderful she looks like nothing had happened to her Joseph is at peace and with all this music and pictures we get a moment in a particular way but can I tell you today that surrounding this moment is an interesting scenario these wise men from the east were not really kings but rather, they were astrologers. These men studied the stars and the sky for a living. And it so happened that in their pagan practices, it included seeking out future kings and stars that led them to Jesus. They were astrologers and part of the methodology where the following, they would follow the pattern of stars. And they believed that it could predict the future kings of the earth. And right in the middle of their pagan practice and in their ignorance and in their false religion they were so they're still sincere about their quest to find the one true and ultimate king and so right in the middle of their practices their attention is completely captivated by a star unlike anything that they had ever seen before but there was something different something that was pulling them to the star it was like anything that they had ever seen before they didn't realize it but God himself was drawing them out of their tradition out of their fallacy and he was guiding them so that they, he could reveal himself to them. I feel like telling someone today that it does not matter where you are. It does not matter where you come from. It does not matter your background or your history. When God gets ready to reveal himself, he will do whatever he has to to get a hold of you. He will begin to pull you. He will begin to lead you. He will begin to make you uncomfortable where you are. He will begin to cause you to question everything around you. He'll begin to, to make you question and search who he I wonder if I can get some witnesses in this house today that can say you were stuck in the mire, you were stuck in the mud, but somewhere on your journey, Jesus started calling your name, he started calling after you, and it wasn't a circumstance, but he started pulling for you, because he wanted to show you who he God can do it. Even when you don't know how you're going to get out, 
God knows how you're going to get out. Even when you don't have all the answers, God can make a way. Even when you don't understand it all, God knows how to order your steps and bring you into his presence. These wise men, they were so moved. They were compelled to leave their own country and to find the king of kings. Some scholars say that these men traveled some 600 plus miles on foot through the desert and across the Euphrates River in their journey to find Jesus. The magnetism of the star was so great that they were, there was no distance too far. There was no mountain too high. There was no desert too hot that could separate them from the God that was drawing them. And I just feel like telling some people today that you may have walked a long journey. You may have been years wandering in what was seemingly a wilderness, going through a journey full of toil, full of pain, full of darkness, full of confusion. But can I tell you that you didn't even realize it? But God was leading you. God was guiding you. God had already set you in motion. And I'm preaching to someone that has looked back at your life and you see where you come from. It was the hand of God that brought you out of your situation. It was the hand of God that brought you through that trial and tribulation. It was the hand of God that did it. And I wonder if someone could just begin to worship and praise that mighty God that saw you in the darkness and said, come to the light. That saw you in your troubles and said, come, all ye that are heavy and full of burden, and I will give you rest. Jesus, am I talking to anybody that has been struggling, that's been in trouble and in times and perils? I wonder if I'm talking to anybody besides myself that knows the power of God and what he can do. Mile after mile, we don't know where we're going. Where we're headed. We don't know where the journey is taking us. It would be easier to go back. It would be easier to go on home. It would be easier to quit. But there's something about this star that's telling me I've got to follow. There's something about this star that says I'm willing to leave everything behind in order to follow what God, follow him. Hear me, when God gets a hold of you, there will be a desperation in your spirit that says we'll do anything. We'll be ready to lay it all down and to follow you. There will be a desperation in your spirit that says I don't care where I came from. I don't care about my past. I've got to follow the hand of God in my life. God will use whatever he has to in your world to get your attention. God will use problems to get your attention. Can I get an amen? God will use people to get your attention. God will take and use whatever he has to in your environment to get your attention. You've got to wake up and realize that you are not here 
by accident. You're not sitting here this morning by happenstance. There is a God in heaven that is trying to get your attention. There is a God in heaven that's trying to get you to look at where he's, where he's taking you. There's a God in heaven that's trying to get your eyes of how you came in and get your eyes on where he's taking you. I don't know what God used to lead you here today, but someone, somebody, God is going to reveal himself to you like you never knew him before. I don't know how you came or what your circumstances are or the details of your journey. But I can tell you that when you get where you are going, God is about to reveal himself to you in a way that you've never known him before. Well, I know who he is. Well, God's about to show himself differently to you. You didn't know God was a healer, but God's been using your circumstances and your issues and your problems to show himself that he is a healer, that he is a deliverer, that he is a way maker, that he can and will do anything to get your attention. He is going to show himself mighty in your battles. He's going to show yourself himself great in your trials. He's going to show himself strong in your weaknesses. And God's going to show himself in a way that you never could imagine. I wonder if we could close our eyes. And we could just lift up our hands right now and begin to pray. Jesus, we love you, God. I want you, Lord, as I find you on this journey, as I find you on my way. God, reveal yourself in a way that I have never seen you. Reveal yourself in a way that I can't even comprehend. Lord, if you want to heal in this place, be that healer for somebody here. God, if there's somebody struggling or in bondage and chains, I wonder if you could show yourself a chain breaker in this place. We know you can, and we know you will do it by your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. God's love will find a way to reach you. And when they arrived at the place of Herod and they began to inquire about this baby who is born king of the Jews, their inquiry, it, it infuriates King Herod. The mention of someone else who could hold the king, the title of king was a threat to Herod's rule over the people. You must understand that Herod was a biblical, uh, if you would, Saddam Hussein. It, it, it would be our monitor, Saddam, modern Saddam Hussein because history writes that among uh, those that Herod killed for fear that they would take over his throne was his wife and his children. <laughs> he was so insecure that someone would take his throne that he had his own wife and his own children executed so that there would be no legal heir to his throne. Herod was a tyrannic dictator that ruled by fear and he could not tolerate the idea that there, there, there would be a ruler coming up after him and that there, the people that he ruled over would have another king 
Can I tell you this morning that the spirit of Herod is alive and well in this society? The word speaking of Satan says that he opened not the house of his prisoners. The idea of somebody escaping the rule of Satan's, uh, Satan infuriates hell. The idea of someone breaking free from the bondages of sin infuriates hell. The idea that someone could break away from the bondages of the world infuriates Satan. And he will do everything in his power to distract you. He will do everything in his power to lie to you. He will do everything in his power to try to detour you from discovering that there is a ruler, that there is a king, that there's a mighty God that doesn't rule with fear, but he rules with love. He will do everything in his power to get you out of the hand of deliverance, and he rules with the hand of love. Jesus said the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come that you may have life. I don't know if you heard me. I don't know if you're listening. I don't know if you're understanding. But I'm here to tell you there is an enemy that hates you. There's an enemy that hates everything about you. There's an enemy out there that wants to kill you. He wants to steal everything from you. He don't care about you. He don't love you. But it infuriates hell. Every time one of those sinners come into this room and they sit down in our pew and they begin to lift up their hands and they begin to cry out of the father oh it infuriates hell so much that it gets so angry because there's a God that loves you it wants to break the chains right off of you oh Jesus 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 hallelujah the spirit of Herod can't stand the idea of losing you The spirit of Herod cannot stand the idea of you breaking away from the bondage of sin. The spirit of Herod can't stand the idea of losing you from the world back into the kingdom of God. So with this news, Herod becomes the appointed assassin of Jesus. He becomes the enemy of God. And Herod calls these wise men into a meeting and he begins to try to spin his plan. He tells them, go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. In other words, he says, go and find Jesus. But when you find him, just make sure that you come back to me. to step on somebody's toes. The enemy doesn't care that you worship Jesus as long as you come back to him. The spirit of Herod doesn't care if you come to church on Sunday and you lift your hands in worship and you hit the altar and you talk to God just as long as you come back to him when you're done worshiping Jesus you go back to him what you don't understand is that the enemy is expecting you back home on Monday 
You don't understand that the enemy doesn't mind you being here. Just as long as you leave this house going back the same way that you came in. What's that saying the world says, come as you are, but just go ahead and you can stay the same just the way that you are. Just, the, just stay the same, amen. But not in this house. We say, come as you are. Believe differently. He says, the spirit of Herod says, go ahead and find Jesus. Go ahead and worship him. But when you find him, come back to me. Come back to where I am. I wish somebody in the building would let hell know today that I'm not on my way back to the where I came from. I wish somebody would be in this house today that says, look, Herod, you sent me out to find Jesus. Well, guess what? I found him at an altar, and I'm not going back. I'm going back different. I'm going to be changed. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm filled with power from on high to separate the kingdoms of, of darkness and bring light unto this world. Go find him. Worship him and come back to me. And so these men leave, and when they finally arrive to where he is, there, there is a sharp contrast between the scene and the backdrop that they find Jesus in. He, his, his description, Jesus' description in Isaiah, when they find the Bible, find him, the Bible describes him as in a lowly manger. It wasn't even a proper manger, it was a lowly manger. And Isaiah chapter 9 says this. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. The Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. And the Prince of Peace. Let me stop right here and tell somebody. There is no triune God. Because in this description of a baby who's lying in a manger, it calls him wonderful and counselor. But it doesn't just stop there. It calls him the mighty God. It also calls him father. But it doesn't just stop there at father. It says that he is the everlasting father. He's the father from the beginning. This child who was born of flesh, born of Mary, was in the beginning. He's also at the ending. Why? Because he's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. <laughs> and on the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth forever and ever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And so the prophecy describing a king of kings, a man who would be the mighty God, a man that describes his kingdom and it takes talks about him sitting on a throne. They're not supposed to find it in a pair. They, they were surprised. 
not to find him in a palace, not to find royal soldiers standing guard outside, but instead this king of kings is lying in a lonely manger. Uh, they're not facing somebody with a scepter seated on a throne. But as they walk into the house, the Bible says that they could see a child. And when they looked at him, there was something emulating out of him. He was just a baby. But when they looked into his eyes, there was something that resonated in their spirits. <laughs> Can I say it like this? It was not what they expected when they got there. It was not the picture that they had in their mind of a king sitting on a throne, but it was this little baby lying in a manger. Can I tell you that many of you, along with me, when you walked into this building and the service began to roar and the worship began to go and people were jumping and shouting, when you walked in this building, you were not expecting it. Hey, but I'm here to tell you that you needed it. It wasn't what you expected, but it was something that you needed. <laughs> when you walked in through these doors, you had been in the darkness. You had been in pain and toil. You had been struggling. You had been walking for miles and miles in a desert. You were walking in a valley. You were in a miry clay. But when you walked into this building, you were expecting to see just a little head nod and the normal thing. But it was the worship that brought you out of that miry clay. It was the worship and praise and the preaching of the word of God that brought you to an altar and got you to repent of your sins. It was it was the hand of God that brought you. All those mountains, all those valleys, all those dark nights, all of that waiting, all the pain was for the moment right here. Everything you've been through brought you to this place. Everything you've had endured, God has brought you to this moment. You didn't get here on accident, but by divine appointment by the Holy Ghost. And when they see him, he's just a baby. And when they see him, He's wrapped in swaddling clothes. And when they see him, he's lying in a lowly manger. But there's something on the inside of them oh, yes. that begins to fall. And the Bible says that they fell on their knees and they began to bow. They began to bow themselves. I know he's just a child. I know that he's just a baby. But when we have, he's what we've been waiting for all our lives. What was happening at that very moment is that they bowed their knees as they humbled themselves there. They were changing allegiance. That's right. That's right. There was a declaration in their bowing that they were saying, we are no longer serving a human king, but we're bowing ourselves down. To a heavenly king. You are our king. You are our Lord. You are our savior. You are the God 
what Isaiah prophesied. And when you come to this altar and you bow your knees, what you are telling the enemy is that I'm no longer your slave. I'm no longer under your throne. I'm no longer under your rule. But I've got a new king. I've got a new Lord. I've got one that loves me and he sees me and he wants to save me. I wonder if you would stand right now as I'm getting ready to end this. I wonder if you would stand right now, close your eyes. And I want you to get a picture. Every single one of us that are in this place, we need to realize that we walked in here a certain way. But God's wanting us to leave here changed forevermore. Today I offer you a king. Not a king with a throne. Not a king with, with, a, with a scepter in his hand but a king lying in a manger. And here today, there is a star that's guiding you to this altar that you may come and you may bow your knees to the king of kings and to the Lord of lords. Somebody in this building today needs to know that God is drawing you. God is touching you because today, God is about to break the chains off your life. Today, God, is about to break the bondages of sin and the king of this world off your hands. I wonder if there's somebody here today that can make their way to this altar right now and say, Lord, I pledge my allegiance to you. I came in here one way. I want to leave different. I came in here sick. I want to leave I came in here sick, God. I want you to reveal yourself as a healer. Oh, I want to leave out here healed of my diseases. Lord, I've been walking around not doing the will of God, not doing the things of God. I walked in here, Lord, needing a touch from you. Here I am, God, bowing before you. Would you change my circumstances that I may walk out of this building forever changed, forever delivered, forever set free?